1: all right welcome back to the tango alpha lima experience we're still here and we're still talking about transitioning from the military to civilian world i'm jeff daly and over there is ashley marie corpulja how are you doing ashley i am well you're looking well you're you you have an aged since the last episode i'm i'm brilliant and now on.
0: it's a gift it's a Gift that keeps. You, you say i am a gift driven. that keeps on giving i am the full package okay Like I am all the things. So
1: she said it. Just
0: throw it out there. Let's let the world know, alphas. She said all the things. Feeling good. Real good. Right.
1: So we have a we have a we have a show today. We're, you know, I I just want to personally welcome all the alphas back to the second episode in our four-part series in honor of the GI Bill's 78th anniversary this week.
0: Yes, indeed. So we hope you caught the first episode in the series yesterday, where we talked to Cappy Surret and Kevin Preston about all the great career resources that Walt Disney Company offers to veterans and their families. If not, be sure to go back and check it out.
1: Today, though, we're going to be joined by Colonel Jeffrey Powell. I like his first name. It's amazing. the jeff club he had an amazing military career he graduated from the u.s military academy he deployed to jordan bosnia korea and iraq he earned numerous awards and decorations including the bronze star the meritorious service medal army commendation medal the army achievement medal the army good conduct medal and combat action badge and the parachutist badge and enough oak leaf clusters clusters sorry to fill an entire forest he holds three advanced degrees this is just a clip note version seriously it would take me forever to read his full list of accolades as ashley likes to say this guy is high speed low drag and wanting to peel back the onion i'm sure just go to the show notes and read his bio so you can appreciate the key point of his story when he retired in 2019, Powell struggled with transitioning from military. Then, like so many others, 2020 and the COVID pandemic turned things from bad to worst. Through his struggles and lessons learned, Powell emerged determined to strike out on a path and help other veterans and change perceptions of what transition assistance programs should be. We're going to be right back to find out the advice that every active duty member of the military needs to know before they leave the military, and much more, right after the break.
0: Hi, this is Tony Kanan and I'm proud to support the American Legion 100 Miles for Hope Fitness Challenge. When you join 100 Miles for Hope, you'll be joining American Legion family members around the world and getting in shape supporting our nation's disabled veterans and military families. You don't have to be a race car driver or a triathlete like me to participate. You can run, walk, bike, and even swim. Just keep moving. The best part is that every dollar we raise will provide important funds to help disabled veterans and military families in times of need. To learn more, sign up and visit legion.org 100 miles.
1: All right, as promised, we are here with Colonel Powell. Welcome to the Tango Alpha Lima Experience. Thanks for having me today. I'm excited. We are super excited. I'll let you know we're going to stay on topic today, but we could go on so many tangents. Uh, This man is a leader and he can lead us down the path of irrelevance, but we will not allow it today. Uh, Ashley, speaking of staying on topic, what do you got?
0: so many topics first of all (laughs) jeffrey read your military bio wow just wow all all kinds of amazing stuff and after what 20 years plus retired and you retired in 2019 correct
2: yes yeah
0: okay so i'd say you know after after reading some of the stuff you sent over your your thoughts on transition i want to I want to just kick off with that. I want to hear about some of your struggles, uh, upon retirement, maybe a little bit that before, right. You knew you were going to be retiring. Was there any like forethought of like, what are next steps? And then what was the realization when you were like, oh, sugar snaps, what am I doing? What's happening? (laughs) Right. Like, I
1: I don't want to interrupt the show, but did you just say sugar snaps?
0: Yeah. So sugar snaps. (laughs) (laughs) you know what i will say this so to to try and curve some of my swearing because i do swear often and not it just it's it just comes out of me i can't help it I'm just, prior staffs are in line first or whatever all the all the things it's, it's, an it's Ohio an NCO, okay and i'm used to having to like knife hand and say hey what's up what's going on so i digress like one of the things i say is like god bless america i say that frequently people are like that is adorable and i'm like Thanks, but it doesn't mean I'm any less angry. You're welcome. Anyway, I digress. I digress. So mentioned tangents. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I think I think um, one of the things, you know, I just like any other soldier out there. When you make that decision that you are going to leave, it it's pretty scary. I, I you know, especially for somebody like me. Um, you know, when I came into the army, I was 18, and from the time I was 18 until the time I was 49 years old, I was in uniform. And you know, regardless of what rank you are, you you always have somebody who tells you what to do. I mean, even as a as a colonel, there's you know two or three general officers that you work for who generally shape how your day is going to go. Um, and it's and it's always one of those, you know challenges to really understand that hey this is really on me this is on me and so i i approached it like like i read and like was laid out in the transition assistance program i started the process two years out like they said but it really um there was for me there was no roadmap because and, and a lot of this, I'll, I'll be 100% honest, um, a lot of it comes from arrogance, uh, especially for senior leaders, because uh, I we, in our minds, we have been running the show, and we have had a lot of things at our fingertips, we've had a lot of people who work for us, and we really believe, and I say we, because I, I've spoken to a lot of senior leaders about this, retired guys, my rank, and we... We, we really believe that we can jump into any situation and, and take over and be successful. And we, we can, but there's some prep that goes into that. So, you know, people talk about it being a transition. And in essence, it's not. It's not a transition. You're not. A transition is, in, for us military folks, is really, you know, PCSing going from one post to another, one job to another. You're still inside the same environment. You're still inside the same culture normally. You, you're working with people. Leaving the military requires a huge transformation. It's a, it's a mindset shift. Um, you know, you have to figure out, it's, it's a completely different language. I mean, we speak a different language in the military. It doesn't matter whether you're in the Army, the Air Force, the Navy or the Marines, we have our own vernacular and we speak to each other and we understand each other. The same happens out in the business world and it's taken me almost three years to understand that. So um, I will tell you that, um, when did I have that sugar snap moment? It was, uh, it was really once, once I had been sitting around in the pandemic for about six months and I realized that, man, I did this all wrong. I did this all wrong. And oh, by the way, there was nothing I could do at that point. So,
0: so um, I think when you bring up, you know, the pandemic on top of transition, right. I, it makes me even a little bit like It gives me like knots in my stomach because I got out in November of 2019 and it was a really just interesting time. Like I had a few months, I had just kind of walked into a brand new job and there were just so many things happening. And then we have no way of really telling the future for the exception of me and my awesome glasses, which if you're interested... do horoscopes birthdays and you know all the above
1: she accidentally (laughs) starts fires if it's sunny
0: (laughs) it's true it's true (laughs) i'm an excellent person to be trapped and like stranded on an island with as long as my glasses don't break that would be like some lord of the (laughs) fly stuff but that's not the point it's not the point it's a deep cut and a deep cut there anyway (laughs) transition i i can only imagine I was only in for eight years, right? But having spent like 18 all the way up to to be a full colonel, I can only imagine. Um, And I have to ask, so where was like the first place you look, right? So you probably, you went to the coursework, they turned the fire hose on and you just kind of absorbed what you could until you were like, ooh, then you're sitting there in the pandemic. You can't do a whole lot. So you have this aha, your sugar snap moment. And, you know, you're overwhelmed with all of the different types of resources out there. So I have to ask, where did you start? Like, where did you dig your feet in?
2: Um, I really, um, this is another real honest moment. You know, uh, I will tell you, you know, when the pandemic started, I was, I was just getting the wheels turning on looking for a job because I had made a lot of poor decisions up to that point. So when I reta- I worked, this is something I talk about with with veterans who I I talk through the transformation is is hey don't work until the last the very last day, which is what I did. I worked all the way up until the the very end because I thought it was so important. And I will tell you there is no plaque at the first corps headquarters that says hey thanks Jeff Powell for working up until your last day. There isn't. And and there isn't any other headquarters building for any other lieutenant colonel or colonel who decides, hey, what I'm doing is really that important. Because when you leave about six months after you're gone, there might be some stories about you, but there's not going to be anybody going, yeah, they're carrying your torch. So at that point, you have to, when when I talk about, you know, you start that process at the two-year mark, that's when you really start, have to divorcing yourself from, from the military. So, and I didn't do that. So then, you know, I, I come out, I, I'm on, I've finished my terminal leave. I have no job. I really have no plan other than I'm going to start looking for a job in January of 20. And, um, and oh, by the way, because of my, my decision to work all the way up until the last day, I took myself out of some of the most important veteran service organizations that help place people. For instance, you cannot use hiring our heroes once you leave the military. So if if you don't know that and they don't tell you that at TAP, then guess what? You just lost a huge asset, huge asset, huge opportunity. Another one is SkillBridge. You lose SkillBridge once you're, you're completely out of uniform. They don't talk about that. Um, there was a very frustrating post on LinkedIn about four or five weeks ago that said the best kept secret in the military is DOD SkillBridge. Are you kidding? That shouldn't be the best kept secret. That should be the number one thing that we talk about when we go into TAP. Because Skillbridge is that opportunity for people of varying ranks to reach into and, and into the corporate world, into the trade world, into education, and actually um, find, you know, meaningful work. Meaningful work. And so, you know, if you don't understand that as you're transitioning out, you you follow this horrible path, which I put myself on, which I'm responsible. For I take full responsibility for it because I passed up hiring our heroes. I, ha- I passed up the internship at Amazon. I passed up, I didn't even know Skillbridge existed, quite honestly. Um, no one talked about that at TAP. And so when we get to, I don't know, the summer of 2020, I- I'm not having any success. No, by the way, neither is anybody else. And we can't leave our homes. And uh, it, it was tough. It was really tough. And uh, you, you go to some really dark places because there, there's stuff happening out in the world that you know that if you're still in uniform, you could help and you could do something. And so... I tried to volunteer across the entire state of Washington and I was turned away. And man, I've been solving big problems for a long time and no one wanted extra help. Nobody wanted free hands. I wasn't even looking for a job. I was willing to come in and volunteer. I went to the city level, I went to the county level, I went to the state level and I was turned away. And so at that point, I just was like, man, what, am I, what did I do to myself? I have no plan, I have no job. And i really, at that point, it looks like I have no future. So, um, you know, I had some really good friends who were like, hey, you, you need to find a way to spend your time. So I started volunteering. You know, if the city, the county and the state wouldn't take my help for COVID, there's other things to volunteer for, so I found other places to volunteer. So I volunteered with the West Point Society of Washington, the West Point Field Force. I I managed to get on a committee in the town council um, for environmental causes. You know, um, you know, just filling my time. Became the president of my homeowners association, which I don't advise anybody does. Um. You know, if you want a real significant leadership challenge, try that one. For <laughs> um, you become Cynthia from the Geico commercial, walking around, cutting down, you know, uh, mailboxes, which is just ridiculous. But it's yeah, so good I, don't know if that, <laughs> I don't know if that's too much information. But yeah, that's 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 really where I was. And that takes me up to about
0: 2021.
2: Mm. And, uh, and I'm still still trying to figure out where I wanted to go. And I saw some guys that I worked with had um, signed up for four block. I don't know if you guys are familiar with four block. Great yeah. program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's another secret that honestly shouldn't be a secret. Um, four block was founded by a guy named Mike Abrams, uh, Lieutenant Colonel in the Marine Corps works on Wall Street. Uh, he's a, uh, he, he did active duty then he's been a reserve officer for a long time and and i think he still is um, an active reserve officer but mike started four block and uh it, it started from zero and i think they're in 21 different locations now they do they what they do is is they help veterans transition they take you through a an eight-week course they cover everything from interviews to resume writing and oh by the way they bring in, it's actually a 12 week course. I'm sorry. Uh, they bring in a different company every week to give a pitch and talk about whatever the topic is for the week. So if they're talking about resume writing, you know, they got USAA, it's got their HR people, they're talking about how to do that. And those guys are amazing. And it was really that reset with Four Block that kind of helped me realize okay, I'm going to now I'm going to start reaching out to um, other veterans because there are all these programs out there, all these veteran service organizations. There's forty five thousand veteran service organizations out there that are supposed to be helping people find jobs. And we still have a huge unemployment rate, which is probably a whole nother show unto itself, because what people don't understand is is that if you are not receiving a retirement check, you're drawing unemployment. And that unemployment actually comes out of the DOD budget. So it is actually in the DOD's best interest to put you into work coming out of the military. I think they have to cover that first 90 days. I'm not really sure what that law is or how it looks. But yeah. So it wasn't until I um, participated in 4Block that I really kind of started to understand one, what I needed to do in order to get into the corporate world, two, how I could help other people get through this, and three, I came up with ideas on what transition assistance program really needs to look like, which, oh, by the way, that's a tough nut to crack because there's a lot of people who think
1: that. (laughs) Uh, uh, Did you have something else real quick, Ashley?
0: I just, you know, I think you said some some powerful things and I appreciate you being just really real, Jeffrey, because there is just this this time frame of of transformation internally that has to happen and a self-discovery that otherwise without some mentorship is really hard to uh I guess capture in you know sitting in one workshop right like it takes some time to really grow and understand yourself and like who you are outside of the uniform yeah i've had a particular conversation you know from garden reserve folks who are like you know one boot in one boot out right whereas then you have some reactive duty folks like yourself who have spent their entire like multiple decades in um and then taking that step out it's um i always think about uh the uh, the story of Icarus, right? Like you can't fly too close to the sun. You're too far away. There's just some happy middle in finding yourself in all of this. And to to empathize, you know, 2019, 2020 were also very very dark years for for myself as well in that transition. And we have very we have very different careers. But there's that that single point of what do I do now? Like I don't have soldiers to take care of. So even in a, an M-Day, you know, in part-time status, what does that look like? Um, so as we're starting to like discuss, you know, these changes that there, this change that needs to happen this transformation. I always think of like the I, the, um, the me, the we, and the us, especially as you go through transition, like who am I, right? Like, yeah, then kind of getting the, like, so it's like the external version how people see us, the internal version of how we see ourselves, how, um, like, you know, people envision us and how we need to be, it's like the public and ah, words, hold on. It's like the internal and external versions of ourselves and how people view us. And then how we view ourselves as we navigate that space is really important. So I was really happy to to see that, like you, you have some of these, these goals and I'll, I'll let you discuss them a bit. And I know Jeff, Probably as a, a follow-up, but I think it's important that we have the initiation of legislation and sweeping changes and how veterans, you know, are, are processed out of the military. I wholeheartedly agree. I think it's a, a large, complex, multifaceted thing where DOD would have to get off their bums and say, we're, we're going we're gonna to make a commitment to do it. And it's been a contentious topic for, for years. And I've been in this space for a little bit now. And it's like, everyone's talking about it but like, I'm an action kind of girl, you know? So I, and I feel like you are the exact same way, Jeffrey. So.
2: Well, I think all of us are. And I yeah. think that's the frustrating I mean, part.
0: Not Jeffrey. Not <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> Jeffrey. I mean, Jeff, the Jeff Daly, that Jeff, not so much.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> I would say, here's, here's what I wanted to say. I, I wrote it down. Cause I, I knew Ashley was going to go for a minute um, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to forget. When I was in the military, I would never have spoken to a colonel like so, because my CO wasn't even a he was a lieutenant colonel. So uh, I would have requested mass before I ever got to you. So the the thing is, the the fact that you're speaking about these things and that someone of that uh, someone of that rank, um, and I was going to say stature. I don't want the stature to be associated with the rank you personally have that stature uh so the stature and the rank to be here and to to break it down for us on a human level is amazing but I also never would have scolded a colonel and uh obviously because then I would have been a private and I wouldn't be in the American Legion because I would have had a dishonorable discharge but I will say that uh you you should you shouldn't and that's a uh, subjective word, but uh, I would would say that uh, when you said you put it all on yourself, I don't, from the evidence presented before me, I would say that that's not true because the things that you spoke of that uh, were, the information that was not available to you could have equipped you with better choices. So I wouldn't say that it's all on you. Uh, there's three parts of this that, that was, I wrote, scold, so I've just scolded you. Uh, now I'm gonna do a quick little Legion commercial because when you talk about transformation, you talk about the information that's not available to you, the resources that you don't know about. The, the, the Legion just passed a resolution to support auto-enrolling people into the VA system upon discharge. So that uh, because many people don't know they don't know that they're eligible, uh, and you don't have to be you don't have to be service connected to take advantage of uh, VA resources. The home loan thing is a VA resource. Don't have to be service connected to do that. So there's a so there is some work being done by people who aren't me because I I I don't know how to do that work. Um, so then we finally get to my question. Uh, in, I saw you have these three goals, and we've we've discussed the the vernacular uh, change from transition to transformation, which I will start using. I will probably say transition once, so they know what I'm talking about, and then I'll say transformation after that. So thank you for that. I'm going to sound real smart, and it's uh, going to be all it's going to be all your fault that people think I'm smart. Um, so the the tap program. Uh, I can read from this paragraph right here that you have some you have some thoughts and hopes and dreams for what the tap program should be uh, I'm not going to pretend to guess what you want uh, yeah, no. i want I would love to hear if if we put you in charge right now of the tap program uh, what what would it look like
2: so uh, that's a, that's a great question jeff because I think a lot of people don't understand that the transition assistance program is actually um, mandated by law. So, and all of that law was written in 1991, 1992, after the big drawdown when we, you know, reduced from 24 infantry divisions down to 10. You know, after Desert Storm, and we saw, you know, worldwide success, and we thought that we'd never have to fight another war again. Uh, you know, the, the, the decision to let so many people go um, was the impetus for the transition assistance program being codified into law. And so in 1992, the world looked a lot different than it does today. I think we all know that. So, you know, 30 years forward, um, that law really needs to be relooked because what happens with congressional legislation is, is the original law gets written. And then there's other acts that get added on to that. And it's really like, um, I guess the best analogy is, is a stack of pancakes. Have you ever seen a stack of pancakes that's perfectly stacked on top of each other? No. Usually they're off a little bit. And so, you know, all of these things are, you know, not in alignment. So a holistic review really needs to be done on the Transition Assistance Program so that they're in line across all four services. One service should not be different from the other. Uh, if, I, if I could do it, the people I would bring in to sit around the table is the Department of Labor, the Veterans Administration, and the DOD. And it would be the G1s from all, the personnel officers from all of the branches. Uh, the next aspect of that would be, hey, this is not a one size fits all event. So, you know, E-4 Powell, Specialist Powell, isn't sitting in a room with Captain Powell, who may be sitting in a room with Colonel Powell. I mean, we're we are not all created equal leaving the military. So, and, you know, or Staff Sergeant Powell or Sergeant First Class Powell. You know, everybody has different capabilities and different goals coming out. And so the TAP program needs to be readjusted. So understanding that they have to meet all the congressional mandates that were created in 1992, which is why you have to go to check writing class in TAP and budgeting class in TAP. So, you know, come on, let's be realistic. So the... uh, the, the way I would redesign it is, is you have two days where you meet all of those, those mandatory requirements. And then from there, on day three, you break out into three different groups, three different pathways is the way I like to describe it. So let's say you're a junior enlisted or a junior officer and you still want to go to college. OK, so we put you in the college pathway and all they teach you about is how to apply to go to college, how to choose your major, what the, the opportunities are, career opportunities are based off of that. Then you have the middle pathway, which is the tradesmen's pathway. And these are, you know, the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, the, the International Pipe Fitters, the electricians, HVAC, all of those things. And you go into that track. You learn how to apply to all of those different programs. You do that, oh, by the way, two years out. And then, oh, by the way, those programs exist so that you can do them at night while you're still in uniform and get an apprenticeship and then leave and go, you know, become an HVAC repair specialist. Because I actually know a guy who actually makes $85 an hour as an HVAC, you know, Repair specialists, that's good money. That's not bad money. And then you have the corporate track, which is you got, you know, your O threes, O fours, O fives, O who are going to go off into corporate America. You no, know, and so you got three different tracks that come out of the transition assistance program that enable each level of the Army or Navy or Air Force Marine experience to find their niche, move forward and become successful. Uh, the way it is right now, hey, everybody goes through the same booklet. It's about this thick. We're gonna talk about how to write a resume. Oh, by the way, some of the people who are teaching how to write a resume have never really had to write a resume. They, they stepped from being in uniform to being a TAP instructor. So they didn't go out and write 133 resumes to find a job. Right. You know, they, they haven't been through that. So that would be that, w- that would be the framework that I would look at, Jeff. All right.
1: Yeah, me too. So Jeff's think alike.
2: Let's think of the
0: exact same thing. So I I have a thought. I have a thought. So being so I worked in higher ed and I helped run like a veteran. Program while I was uh, living in Ohio in the Cleveland area at a community college, and I was in an advisor role while I was a service member um, in the Guard. So I had this like dual role where I was helping people transition, and then like as my career path progressed, I became more involved with the Legion. Like we've had a lot of conversations about this, and I think what's been really difficult is finding a way to change that that policy and how, or, or I guess what that action plan looks like. Because what I have noticed in our community, our military connected community is like, this has been a constant, like, you know, thorn in a lot of people's sides. And I'm wondering what, or if you could provide any sort of guidance on how the American Legion can continue to support You know transition like change from the framework that you've 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 laid out how would how would that look at least for the folks out there who don't understand uh, the complexities of diving into the problem to fix the problem right
2: yeah I get it I, I totally understand um what you're what you're working towards so it's very interesting when you look at the American Legion the VFW MOA AUSA the, the myriad of different organ, professional organizations for veterans to join. There is no, uh, not that I'm aware of, there may be, there may be some meeting where they all come together. But in my mind, those, those organizations need to come together once a year and come up with a, a sophisticated policy approach to how they are going to lobby Congress. because. You know, it's great. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Coach K, Coach Cheshevsky from Duke uh, give a talk or give a pitch. I think it's on YouTube somewhere, but he talks about, you know, would you punch somebody with your fingers like this or do you punch somebody with your fist? And right now, the way we're trying to solve this problem is like this. We're trying to punch at people with with our hands extending our fingers out. And what needs to take place is, is between the American Legion, the VFW, MOA, AUSA, all of these different groups, they need to come together about once a year. They need to invite all of the elected veterans from Congress and from the Senate to that meeting. And they need to pitch what, what are the goals for, the vet, for veterans across the United States to those elected officials. That's how it, that's how it happens. You know, that's the, the term lobbyist comes from the people used to sit in the lobby and wait for the congressman or senator to come out of their office so they could, you know, ambush them and, and hit them with everything they wanted. They still do the same thing, um, they do it in other ways, but it, that's the type of, of interaction that really needs to take place. You know, and, and the big, high powered organizations like American Legion, VFW, AUSA really need to come into concert with each other, and and attack this problem from a grassroots level, because you know it that is the only way that the change is going to happen. You know it, it, that's I, I don't know which belly buttons to push to make that happen. I mean that's that's really it's kind of it, it's frustrating because I know people at those levels, but this isn't a priority. And so until people really start to voice their their concerns uh, in a different way, it it won't be, it won't be a priority. And uh, I don't know, it's, people talk about taking care of veterans and how important veterans are and, and, but in some cases there's a lot of lip service and not a lot of action and, it's and
0: inconsistency with what we value and what we believe
2: yeah that's exactly it ashley
0: mm-hmm. wholehearted. i i have i have some ideas myself i mm, yes definitely right. thoughts
1: no nope. your your mic is getting uh soft again and right. we are we are running up on the clock but what I want to make sure that you have a chance to for for people to follow up on this and and uh where 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 can they find where can they find what you're doing or and
2: what's important to you so I um one of the things that I do to volunteer my time is is I I take appointments to help veterans plan their transition and I provide three basic um conversations, and I'll do more than that, but I typically only do uh, three. And the first one is, is we have a conversation about the five things not to do during your transformation. Two is, you know, understanding the uh, the assets that are out there that are available to you that they don't talk about in TAP. We talk about American Corporate Partnership. We talk about uh, Four Block. We talk about, you know, make sure you get into SkillBridge now, hiring our heroes, those types of things. And then the last thing uh, I do with veterans in the third session that they schedule is a um, hey here's your roadmap for the next 5 years. You got to you got to kind of lay out what your goals are. And so you um, veterans can sign up uh, on my website at www.coeusumbrella.com and that's c o e u s umbrella all one word .com Coeus, by the way was the original titan who carried the world around on his shoulders <laughs> and uh in the clash of the titans he lost the world to atlas so i i chose the oldest of the titans uh for to represent who who and what i'm trying to do here but uh you can sign up on my website and uh We'll schedule time and i'll talk people through what my ideas are and i get to listen to a lot of amazing people talk about the things that scare them and i try and help them well, awesome
1: to- well i i i wanna thank you for being on our show and i want to thank you for the work that you're doing helping people make their transit whoa transformation into the civilian sphere and i i hope that this resonates out there with everyone uh in our alpha channels so that if they know of people that are that are you know leaving the military that they can get them to uh uh i don't i forgot how you say that coes coes Um, umbrella.com and and learn about the resources that are available to you and anybody even out there, um, anybody out there that there are resources available to you now and you may be connected to them with a service officer at the American Legion Mm -hmm. um, and the American Legion might become your resource depending on what your needs are. So, Thank you and thank all of you out there. And thanks, Super Producer Holly. We haven't said that in a long time. So uh, that's our show for today, or that's our interview for today. We have more show coming up right after this.
0: American values and patriotism. The American Legion advocates for upholding and defending the United States Constitution, equal justice and opportunity for everyone and discrimination against no one youth education, responsible citizenship, and honoring military service by observing and participating in patriotic and memorial events. We are veterans strengthening America. We are the American Legion.
1: You know, I kind of wish I could go back to tap right now, armed with all this information, planning, and creating a roadmap for my transformation would have made a big difference. Then again, I'm already pretty spectacular. So maybe things worked out for the best.
0: Jeff, you were really such a treat. I just want you to know that. Uh, but you know, in all seriousness, uh, I appreciated Jeffrey's real talk about his own transition struggle. And knowing that he came out at the other, the other end, it was such a passion for helping his fellow veterans is pretty inspiring and uh tomorrow if i'm not mistaken we'll be talking to air force veteran
1: Graciela tiscareño sato
0: who also has a passion to assist veterans as they develop the skills they need to demonstrate their value secure job interviews and achieve success in the civilian world
1: that's right Graciela is a marketer bilingual public speaker and a business owner who has coached thousands of veterans and military spouses on the personal branding process
0: she's very enthusiastic and i can't wait for tomorrow's show but until then don't forget to subscribe to tank Lima podcast on youtube apple's podcast spotify or wherever you consume your podcasts rate us review us let us know how you like this special series we want to hear from all of our alphas
1: and alphas let everyone know, especially anyone you know who might be at some point in their military transformation process, about this series. This inform—this this information is too important to keep to yourself. We'll be back tomorrow with more. Until then, this is episode 111, Mission Complete.